This is episode 616 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, well, today's going to be a hodgepodge of warnings. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website, so you know that if Prepper Website is up, the email group is going to be up. For more information, visit www.prepperwebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey, before we jump into the episode, I'd like to send a big thank you and a shout out to TFS in the PNW. On Christmas Day, they left a review and it says, I really appreciate all your hard work on your podcast. It is a super informative and balanced approach to preparedness. I'm a frequent listener, and each time I learn some new ideas, many thanks. Well, TFS, thank you so much for leaving that review. I greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, so like I said, that was left on Christmas, and this is the episode right after Christmas, and so we're right between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, If you're listening right when this is being released, if not, then you know this is already passed, but uh, I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you're looking forward to a new year. The new year is always, it's just, it's that perfect time to reset and, and to get going. Now, as we talk about resetting and we talk about the new year and, you know, starting fresh, I have a little bit of a warning for you here. And I don't want to, um, I don't want to be like an alarmist. I don't want to do doom porn or anything like that. But this is important information that I think that everyone should know. And I think as you listen to what I'm about to share, that you'll agree with me as well. And so I want to talk a little bit about the surveillance economy. I want to talk a little bit about how we are being tracked. Now, this is a little scary when you really dig deep down into it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because of an article from, of all people, the New York Times. So they got a hold of a big data set, a big data set of location, so cell phone location, uh, you know, information. And so they were able to track specific people just from the location. Now, this isn't social media giving them this information. This isn't Facebook or Google or anything. There are companies out there that just, and according to this article, they govern themselves. And so even the, the authors of this article, Stuart Thompson and Charlie Warzel of the New York Times, I mean, admittedly said that they were a little freaked out about the information that they were able to gather from just tracking down this location information. And it really wasn't very hard to do. And so there's companies out there that do nothing but track your location. And so they sell that information and and they give that information to other companies who use that information to market you. So I want to go ahead and start out by reading portions of this article from the New York Times. 
Now, I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to read little pieces and portions of it. And then uh, there's also, uh, what I want to say is, there's uh, this is a seven-part article. And so there are other parts as well. I'm going to refer to part two because they really give some good information on what you can do to help yourself not be uh, tracked as much, I guess, if, if you want to say that. There's, it's really not hard. Um, you, you really can't do everything about it. It's, it's not like you can have a cell phone and you can be out there and use technology and not be tracked. There's still ways to do it, but you can make it a little bit harder. And then I'm going to talk about two other things as well. So let's go ahead and dive into this one. I'm going to let you know that this is going to be a little bit different because I am going to be clicking around, uh, going back and forth to some information that I saved so that I could easily refer to it and also the website you know, or the, the article. So I just want you to know you're going to hear clicking, more clicking than you probably ever would hear on the podcast episode because of this. But again, this is based off of an article from the New York Times by Stuart Thompson and Charlie Warzel, 12 million phones, one data set, and zero privacy. I'm going to say you probably want to read this whole article. And going to the article, they have some really cool graphics to show you exactly what um, they're referring to. So when they're talking about tracking certain phones, um, it, it's very interesting. And so they, they have some graphics that really make it light up for you. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Every minute of every day, everywhere on the planet, dozens of companies, largely unregulated, little scrutinized, are logging the movements of tens of millions of people with mobile phones and storing the information in gigantic data files. The Times Privacy Project obtained one such file, by far the largest and most sensitive ever to be reviewed by journalists. It holds more than 50 billion location pings from the phones of more than 12 million Americans as they moved through several major cities, including Washington, New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Each piece of information in this file represents the precise location of a single smartphone over a period of several months in 2016 and 2017. The data was provided to Times Opinion by sources who asked to remain anonymous because they were not authorized to share it and could face several penalties for doing so. The sources of the information said they had grown alarmed about how it might be abused and urgently wanted to inform the public and lawmakers. Now, after spending months sifting through the data, tracking the movements of people across the country, and speaking with dozens of data companies, technologists, lawyers, and academics who study this field, we feel the same sense of alarm. In the cities that the data file covers, it tracks people from nearly every neighborhood and block, whether, where they, whether they live in mobile homes in Alexandria, Virginia, or luxury towers in Manhattan. One such turned up more than a dozen people visiting the Playboy Mansion, some overnight. Without much effort, we spotted visitors to the estates of Johnny Depp, Tiger Woods, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, connecting the device's owners to the residences indefinitely. If you live in one of the cities the data set covers and use apps that share your location, anything from weather apps to local news apps to coupon savers, you could be in there too. So 
there you go. Uh, just a little bit of information starting out. And one of the things that they referenced here, and I'm not going to read this part, but I did highlight it so that I could talk just a little bit about it. When you start thinking about this data and how it can be used, everybody is going to tell you it's used to market to you. Exactly what I said at the very beginning of this episode, which is very, very true. I mean, that's what they're doing. You know, I've, I've been listening to a lot of podcast episodes. I'm listening to a book right now. I've read articles on cybersecurity. It's a big deal. I mean, this is like the future right now. In fact, I was just talking to my brother who owns his own networking company about this uh, just a couple of days ago. This is the big deal right now, cybersecurity and you know protecting your information. But at the same time, is we're giving our information out there just willingly. And so one of the questions I have for you is if you're, if the government or let's just say your boss came and said, here, I, we want you to wear this device and we want you to wear it with you everywhere because it's going to track everything you do. And you might say, well, wait a minute. I mean, I, I can maybe understand keeping it. You know, I drive for a living. I can understand that device being on my vehicle so that you know that, you know, that the vehicle is safe, that it's not stolen, that I'm actually where I'm supposed to be making deliveries or, or stops or whatever I'm supposed to do. But when you're talking about putting this on my person or you're talking about having me wear this all the time, even when I'm off duty, I mean, no way I wouldn't agree to that at all. But the thing is, is that we have done that by the cell phones and the mobile phones that we carry with us every single day because they are tracking. Now, again, what they'll say is they're using it for marketing purposes. One of the things that I remember reading about or hearing about is that, you know, when you get to be like Walmart, you get to be Amazon, you can only drop prices down so much. The other thing then is to make sure that they're making, getting the most bang for their buck. So if they can only bring down prices so much before they start losing money, the next thing is to start targeting the people that really want this information. And so they start, that's why they, you know, you, there's cookies. That's why if you visited walmart.com or amazon.com or whatever.com and you have clicked on uh, a certain product later on down your internet searching, you'll see this product pop up many other times. And that's Walmart, that's Amazon, that's Facebook, that's all these other companies out there calling you back to make sure that you finish off that sale. And so if you need whatever it is from one of these retailers, then you know that you can always go there and you can purchase that item because they know that you clicked on it and you know that they have it there. And so that's one way that they can make more money is to target people who are really wanting these products and, and really let them know, hey, we have what you need. But by doing that and creating these processes and this, this data, we have also created all this information, these profiles that have been created on us. I'll talk a little bit more about that when we look at Facebook. So is it too much, too much of a jump to think about how this could be used, you know, in a negative way. And you think about what you've heard about China and how they have their social, their social scores over there and people who speak against the government or people that do things that the government doesn't uh, allow. They can't travel outside of their city. They can't get on a plane. They can't do those types of things. And if you're not familiar with that, you need to make sure that you have 
look that up and go go look up China's credit score. And okay, it's a credit score. No, but it's being used to target people who speak out against the government and people that are not falling in line. And what happens is if you have a bad score, but I have a good score, but somehow I am tracked with you and this data set that we're talking about here that I'm going to continue on here in just a second, this can easily put you two together, right? Could, could put us together. So you have bad credit and or you talk badly about the government and there's information about that. But I'm okay with the government. But if they track us together, then I automatically get deemed on my account because I'm with you. It's like, hey, you're, you know, you're, you're guilty by association here. And so people that have bad credit scores are not hanging out with other people that have bad or people that have good credit scores want, start shunning their friends that have bad credit scores because they don't want to get bad credit scores. So what happens is these people are forced without going to some kind of re-education camp without anything is either you live a lonely existence and you can only do so much. I mean, you have, you've been tied down electronically technology with technology, or you start turning it around and you start falling in line with what the government wants. So could you see how this can continue to happen? And this can be used against people. I mean, it's being used in China right now, but it's just very, very crazy when you start thinking about it and digging down deep into it. So the thing is, is that this location information is inside of apps that everybody wants to have. It's inside of apps that you want to use. So these apps are given to you free and then you agree to it because you're just clicking yes, 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 yes. You want to go ahead and start using the app and it starts to collect this data on you. And so, you know, you're willingly, we are willingly giving our information over to technology companies that are out there. Again, most of them are not using them for bad purposes, but it's creating data. It's creating data sets. It's creating profiles. Again, I'll share with you in just a minute um, some things that I found that I was a little freaked out about. All right, continuing on. Today, it's perfectly legal to collect and sell all this information in the United States, as in most of the world. No federal law limits what has become a vast and lucrative trade in human tracking. So again, um, I want to say here another piece that I highlighted that I don't necessarily, I'm not going to read, is companies say that it's only shared, the data that they're getting is only shared with vetted partners and that you know we're just supposed to take these people's words for it. It's like, hey, this it's being used and it's only being used for good purposes or at least for marketing purposes. And so, but there's no regulation in it whatsoever to, to guard the consumer, to guard you. All right, moving on. The companies that collect all this information on your movements justify their business on the basis of three claims. People consent to be tracked. The data is anonymous and the data is secure. None of those claims hold up based on the file we've obtained in our review of company practices. All right. So again, there are some graphics that are really cool that you can, you can uh, look at when you're reading this article that I thought it was pretty interesting there. Continuing on, in most cases, ascertaining a home location and an office location was enough to identify a person. Consider your daily commute. 
Would any other smartphone travel directly between your house and your office every day? Describing location data as anonymous is a completely false claim that has been debunked in multiple studies. Paul Ohm, a law professor and privacy researcher at the Georgetown University Law Center, told us, Really precise longitudinal geolocation information is absolutely impossible to anonymize. DNA, he added, is probably the only thing that's harder to anonymize than precise geolocation information. So that's very telling there is that your your data, where you go, it, it's man, it just begins to provide who you really are because of where you're going and how you lay it out. And if they can start, they can find one point where they can find you and they can track you like your home address, like your office. And then they, they, they check those locations on a regular basis. Then they're able to find you. Continuing on, to evaluate the company's claims, we turned most of our attention to identifying people in positions of power. With the help of publicly available information like home addresses, we easily identified and then tracked scores of notables. We followed military officials with security clearances as they drove home at night. We tracked law enforcement officers as they took their kids to school. We watched high-powered lawyers and their guests as they traveled from private jets to vacation properties. We did not name any of the people we identified without their permission. Watching dots move across a map sometimes revealed hints of faltering marriages, evidence of drug addiction, records of visits to psychological facilities. Connecting a sanitized peeing to an actual human in time and place could feel like reading someone else's diary. Guys, think about that. You're going, you have a problem and, and you don't want other people to think like, hey, you've got mental problems or maybe you're in an industry that, you know, if people suspected that you were talking to a therapist or something like that, that you could lose your job. But this kind of data right here shows that or maybe your spouse thinks you're cheating on them or whatever. They could start to track you to all these different places and addresses. And, and man, you know, that's that's pretty curious there. Very interesting. All right, moving on. Protesters were tracked just as rigorously. After the pings of Trump supporters basking in victory vanished from the National Mall on Friday evening, they were replaced hours later by those of participants in the Women's March as a crowd of nearly half a million descended on the Capitol. Examining just a photo from the event, you might be hard-pressed to tie a face to a name. But in our data... Pings at the protests connected to clear trails through the data, documenting the lives of protesters in the months before and after the protest, including where they lived and worked. So think about that as well. You're protesting and maybe you think you're anonymous. Maybe, you know, all these people that are wearing, you know, I don't know, hoodies over their faces and things like that. If they can start to track your data, forget it. You're, you know, they can figure out who you are. Data firms also typically draw on other sources of information that we didn't use. We lacked the mobile advertising IDs or other identifiers that advertisers often combine with demographic information like home zip codes, age, gender, even phone numbers and emails to create detailed audience profiles used in targeting advertising. When data sets are combined, privacy risks can be amplified. Whatever protections existed in the location data set 
can crumble with the addition of only one or two other sources. So again, someone looks at this data set and they say, that's just a bunch of pings or a bunch of little dots on the map. And with what these two journalists did and how they found and they were able to track people, I mean, they were just able to do it with this data. But when you talk about companies that are out there and they're creating profiles and they're able to target you with advertising, they have all a bunch of other information as well. And so they're building like really big profiles and it's a lot easier for them to do that. All right, so let's continue on here. If a private company is legally collecting location data, they're free to spread it or share it however they want, said Callie Schroeder, a lawyer for the privacy and data protection company Verisafe. The companies are required to disclose very little about their data collection. By law, companies need only describe their practices in their privacy policies, which tend to be dense legal documents that few people read and even fewer can truly understand. Again, how true is that? When you get to, you know, you, you turn on an app or you download an app and you want to start using it and you don't really read all the things that it's asking you to do or it's, it's, you're giving permission to and then you're just clicking go, go, go and, and so that you can start using the app. But they've got your information because of all of that. So again, another little piece of information that I'm not going to read, but I just wanted to briefly mention. One thing to consider right now, because a lot of, uh, we hear a lot of data breaches and we hear a lot of data breaches, but there's a lot of data breaches that we don't ever hear about because the companies, they don't disclose that they were breached. They just kind of sweep it under the rug. But all this information is then, you know, it's downloaded somewhere. Someone creates that data. So imagine all the pieces of data that are out there that can start to be combined to tell a story or to tell you know, your story or what you do and you know what you're about, where you go and create this profile about you. All right, continuing on. The data contains simple information like date, latitude, and longitude, making it easy to inspect, download, and transfer. Note, values are randomized to protect sources and device owners. So the reason that last uh, sentence there is because they share a spreadsheet of of this information. And so you can see what that would look like. And it's just a basic little spreadsheet with latitude and longitude. For many Americans, the only real risk they face from having their information exposed would be embarrassment or inconvenience. But for others, like survivors of abuse, the risk could be substantial. And who can say what practices or relationships any given individual might want to keep private to withhold from friends, family, employers, or the government? We found hundreds of pings in mosques and churches, abortion clinics, queer spaces, and other sensitive areas. In one case, we observed a change in the regular movement of a Microsoft engineer. He made a visit one Tuesday afternoon to the main Seattle campus of a Microsoft competitor, Amazon. The following month, he started a new job at Amazon. It took minutes to identify him as Ben Broly, a manager now for Amazon Prime Air, a drone delivery service. Quote, I can't say that I'm surprised, in quote, Mr. Broly told us in early December. Quote, but knowing that you all can get a hold of it and come through and place me to see where I work and live, that's weird, in quote. That we could so easily discern that Mr. Broly was out on a job interview raises some obvious questions like, 
Could the internal location surveillance of executives and employees become standard corporate practice? So again, uh, Mr. Broly had to give his permission to have his picture and his information on this uh, on this article here. But he's a guy who works in technology, right? And he is one of those who was even surprised that they could do that. All right, continuing on. Reporters hoping to evade other forms of surveillance by meeting in person with a source might want to rethink that practice. Every major newsroom covered by the data contained dozens of pings. We easily traced one Washington Post journalist through Arlington, Virginia. In other cases, there were detours to hotels and late night visits to the homes of prominent people. One person, plucked from the data in Los Angeles, nearly at random, was found traveling to and from roadside motels multiple times for visits for only a few hours each time. Guys, think about that, that they were able to track that information down. Think about how, and of course, you know, you're doing something like that. You're going from motel to motel and only spending a couple of hours there. You're not doing anything good. But think about if you were a high profile person And then someone, a hacker or a terrorist or whatever, was able to come back and say, hey, we have this information on you. We're going to give it to your family and we're going to, you know, talk about all of the stuff that you've been doing behind the scenes uh, or you turn over, you know, some classified information. You think about how that can be used against you. More than likely, this kind of stuff has already been done. All right, moving on. Location data is also collected and shared alongside a mobile advertising ID a supposedly anonymous identifier about 30 digits long that allows advertisers and other businesses to tie activity together across apps. The ID is also used to combine location trails with other information like your name, home address, email, phone number, or even an identifier tied to your Wi-Fi network. The data can change hands in almost real time, so fast that your location could be transferred from your smartphone to the app server's and exported to third parties in milliseconds. This is how, for example, you might see an ad for a new car sometime after walking through a dealership. That data can then be resold, copied, pirated, and abused. There's no way you can ever retrieve it. You know, not too long ago, my dad was talking uh, about that, and he was talking about how uh, he was somewhere at a dealership, and then he got home, and he was getting, uh, he was getting, advertisements and and pictures of the vehicles that he was looking at. It's pretty scary. All right, next. For brands, following someone's precise movements is key to understanding the customer journey. Every step of the process from seeing an ad to buying a product, it's the holy grail of advertising, one marketer said. The complete picture that connects all of our interest in online activity with our real-world actions. Once they have the complete customer journey, companies know a lot about what we want, what we buy, and what made us buy it. Other groups have begun to find ways to use it too. Political campaigns could analyze the interest and demographics of rally attendees and use that information to shape their message to try to manipulate particular groups. Governments around the world could have a new tool to identify protesters. Again, very scary. That's all I'm going to read there on that article as far as, as that goes. But again, that last part is is that scary part of how it can continue to be used because it, it starts out 
by business wanting to use it to market to you. And then now you can have governments tar- or political campaigns targeting you. And then you can just move on and on and go from there. So if this has freaked you out at all, uh, just a little bit, and it should, if it has not freaked you out, you might have the attitude is like, oh, well, you know, there's nothing that we can do about it. And in a way that is very true, there's no way to walk this back. I was listening to two weeks ago to John Haller's prophecy update, and he, he mentioned this, that there's no way to walk this back. It's so out there. Technology is so much a part of who we are and what we do. But there should be things that you can do to protect yourself that you don't make it so easy out there to be able to track you. And so one of the things, uh, part two that they have is, uh, it's called here, let me get to it. It says freaked out three steps to protect your phone. So one of the things that they mention here is to turn off your location. Now you can turn off your location and I'm coming from an Android side cause I've never had an iPhone. I just really don't like Apple products ever since, um, the iPad, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the iPods came out and my kids needed to be able to connect it to iTunes. And I saw all the different services that it added to my computer back in the day when I was running windows, you know, XP. And it was like, I, I was running a very fast machine and then it added all these services to it and it just drove me nuts. And I just like, you know what? I don't need iPods or anything like that. So I never went that way because you always had to use iTunes. So on this part two, they have a way to select your device. So if you're an iPhone user or an Android user, uh, you can click on either one and then it will give you information on how to do things. But the first thing, again, is to turn off location. And I've always done that. But this article actually goes a little bit further down. So if you have an Android, you're wanting to go into the settings. Then you're going to go into biometrics and security. Then you're going to go into app permissions and location. And listen, I thought I was very, I was very savvy and I had turned off a lot of this stuff on my phone. There were still 18, uh, 18 apps that were tracking my location still. And I was like, I was blown away because I had location turned off, but I hadn't gone into the apps itself and turned off location. So I went in and I turned, turned off all the location on all those apps. Now it's kind of scary because when you use some of the Google, you start turning off the, the, the location on some of the Google products. It'll tell you, hey, this app might not work well or whatever or blah, blah, blah. Well, I got in there and I started doing things and I didn't have any problems. But here's the scary thing. So let's say you go use maps for whatever reason. And there's times where uh, I want to find the the fastest route or there's times where I want to, I'm not sure where I'm going and I want to make sure that, you know, I I put this down in, in maps. So you turn on your location and then you type it in there. So what I've done in the past is I'll turn on location I'll turn it, you know, I'll uh, put in the, the address. Uh, maybe I'm dropping off one of the kids or I'm going to pick something up or whatever. And I go there, I get there, I turn off my location again and then go back home. So when I did that this last time, I, I turned off location, but then I went back into the biometrics and security app permissions and then location. And that location was still turned on for maps. Although I turned it off for the phone, it was still turned on for maps So that might be one of those things you want to go to on a regular basis, but they have a thing that you can do. The other thing, number two, is disable your mobile ad ID. And I brought that up in the article that I was reading about. Luckily, 
Well, the way that you do it, so if you just are not going to go to this article, which I think you should, um, or at least, you know, click on the show notes because I have these links there. You're going to go to settings, to Google, to ads, and then opt out of ads personalization. And the good thing is that I already had that turned off, but that ads personalization or that ad ID ties you to that data set, ties you to so much more information that's out there. So that's one thing that you can do. Then the third thing is turning off the location sharing. And I kind of already mentioned that if you're on an Android machine, you're just going to do a swipe from the top down and then find location and turn that off. And so you have that off as well. The last thing they say here is just you got to understand that location tracking is hard to avoid. And I kind of mentioned this at the very beginning is like no matter what you do, like you don't want to do the fingerprinting. You don't want to do face facial recognition. I mean, I have that turned off on my phone. My phone will do facial recognition. And part of it is the way they sell it is for security. Hey, you have a fingerprint and you're using it for security in case your phone ever gets stolen. No one can use it without your fingerprint or your face facial recognition. No one can uh, ever use your phone without your face, right? And so you're doing all these things and it's for security, but they have this information on you. And so this, the last thing they're, they're saying is that it's just hard to not be tracked because there's so many different things out there that that can track you in so many different ways and they're trying to find more ways all the time technology is advancing at such a fast rate that a lot of times people can't keep up with it you know and you just there's there's things that are happening out there and again did you ever know I mean, I never knew this until I read this article that there are companies out there that are tracking location that are tracking your pings and then they are selling that information to other companies. I never knew that they were out there. I knew that there was apps and things like that, that they were getting your information. But I never knew that there were companies that were just tracking cell phone or mobile phone pings every time they hit a certain location or whatever. Very crazy. And, and there you go. All right. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about is it's actually a video from... Fox, um, Fox News. And to be honest, guys, I don't really watch Fox too much. But the reason I know of this one specific report is because I heard about it on uh, Jan Markell's show, Olive Tree Ministries. Um, she she did a, a report on it. Actually, Eric Barger, uh, one of her co-hosts, or sometimes he's a co-host, did a report on it. And uh, I finally tracked it down. And Tucker Carlson is talking about, it's called a special report on how Google is tracking you. And this is a little old. It's already, you know, from February 7th, 2018. And um, there's a video and there's a little bit of text here. I'm going to read this. But again, this is another article that I'm going to link to. And uh, it says here, in the latest installment in his investigation into how Silicon Valley is clandestinely interacting with Americans, Tucker Carlson sends a report around the District of Columbia, a reporter around the District of Columbia, to see how Google was tracking him. Carlson, Carlson sent Fox News headlines 24-7 anchor Brett Larson to several major landmarks in Washington, from the Fox News Bureau on North Capitol Street to the Children's Hospital in the North, the Washington National Cathedral in the Northwest, and back to Capitol Hill. Carlson said his previous report revealed Google applied for two patents, one of which reportedly allows him to effectively stick a camera in your bedroom and spy on you and your children. Okay, that's creepy. 
And then he said Google uses information like that for surveillance capitalism, selling advertisements for stuff based on your activities, locations, and characteristics. Carlson sent Larson out and out and about to find out how much Google gleans from Android devices. With no SIM card in either of two phones and one set on airplane mode, Larson took a black car around town. During that time, he was not connected to Wi-Fi and only took photos at the cathedral. Back at the Fox News Channel Bureau, Larson hooked the phones up to a device that copied the data the phone sent to Google. He found it knew exactly where he was throughout the day. I, it knows when I got out of the car, he exclaimed, examining metadata in the report. All right, so I'm going to stop reading there. Um, there's a little bit more that you can read, but then there's the video as well where he goes through and he shows you, hey, this is another before he turned on the Wi-Fi and it starts to upload information straight up to Google. He connects it to this other computer where the information had to or another device that it had to pass through. And he was able to look at what kind of data it was being sent. And it was very specific. And again, you have the uh, you have the video that you can go link to it. And that's a very scary thing. If you have a phone and you have never turned off any of this stuff, man, this stuff is just you know tracking you and sending information about you. Again, for purposes to advertise to you, but it is creating a profile. All right, so let's go ahead and jump to Facebook. Now, many of you know that I have a a love-hate relationship with Facebook. I love it because it allows you to connect with people very, very easily. But I hate it because it tracks a lot of your information. And for whatever reason, and I don't think I've mentioned this recently, it's been blocking Prepper website. So I haven't been able to share anything out. So I have a, a Prepper website page and I have a Prepper website group. And I, anytime I try to share a link that's on PrepperWebsite.com, it blocks me. It tells me that it goes against community standards. It's also been doing that because Facebook is own, owns Instagram. It was doing that on Instagram as well. And so I'm like, I don't know what I did. I don't know what exactly happened. I know that a while back, there was a list of websites, conservative, political, and there were some like really, really right leaning, you know, kooky uh, websites. But Prepper website got put on that. And I think because of the alt news hub, the and, and stuff like that. And some somewhere I read and actually it was on the Drudge Report not too long ago, but it was only up there for a couple of hours and then it got taken down. But um, that website that was linking to these to the to all these websites got taken down and so i guess they just got overwhelmed with all the traffic and people were coming against it or whatever but people said that or at least what i read is that facebook and google were using that list of websites to block uh, from facebook now i was turned back on so there was a while there where i was able to start sharing again and this was a while back and then it's been turned off recently Again, it kind of is a pain because I wrote this article, the 12 day, 12 days of preparedness. And I wrote it like in a general fashion because I wanted to, you know, use it at other times as well. But, you know, getting close to Christmas, I was going to share out and I even created graphics for every day. I was going to share out a link 
and I was going to share out the graphic and then point people to this article because, hey, I want people to see this article. You know, I wrote it. I took time with it. You know, I put effort into it. I want people to be able to see this. And that's when I realized that it was it was blocking me because it wasn't allowing me to share that link out. And then it's that's you know, that was, you know, early December and or mid-December when I started doing that and, and realized that that was going on. So I'm able to share out any other website, any other preparedness website, but I can't share out Prepper website. So I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm kind of done. So I, I don't have the Instagram app. I, I deleted the Facebook app a long time ago. And uh, I'm only getting on to do things for the church. And every once in a while, I know that something happens that I need to deal with in the group. Like I need to delete a post or, you know, I need to accept someone or whatever. But as far as spending time in Facebook, I'm not really, you know, wanting to do that anymore. I'm kind of done with that. But anyway, I wanted to share with you because I started poking around in the privacy settings and I wanted to share some things that I found. Now, I know a lot of people use Facebook on your phone and that might be where the rub is because it's so easy to just kind of you know, maneuver in there. But to get to your settings and to get to some of the, the things that I'm going to talk about, it's not going to be as easy on your phone. You might need to get to a desktop or a laptop computer to see some of the things that I'm going to be talking about. So if you're in Facebook, I'm going to go to the top right hand corner and I'm going to do a drop down, the little drop down arrow, and I'm going to go to settings. When settings opens up, I'm going to go to the left-hand side and I'm going to go to your Facebook information. So there's general security and login and then your Facebook information. And there's a lot of other tabs there as well, but I'm going to click on your Facebook information. When you get here in the middle of the page, you see your Facebook information. You can access your information, download your information, your activity log, managing your information, deactivation and deletion. So I'm going to click on access your information. And from there, you get a list of information that you can access at any time. We've categorized, so I'm just reading from Facebook. We've categorized this information by type so you can easily find what you're looking for. Our data policy has more information about how we collect and use your information. Blah, 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 blah. All right. So down below that, when we talk about your information, there's uh, tabs on posts, comments, friends, messages, events, pages that you are the admin of, payment history, uh, your places, a list of places you've created, other activities that are associated with your account, uh, photos and videos, likes and reactions, following and followers, groups, profile information, marketplace, saved items and collection, and apps and websites. So guys, if you go into your post, you can click on, it opens up an another drop down, and you can go into your post or post that you're tagged in or other people people's posts to your timeline, post hidden from your timeline, notes and polls. So in one place, you can go to all of your posts. Now, you can go there on your feed, you know, definitely. But this is a little bit creepier because it's like all in one place and it's designated. Where your feed is, okay, that's everything. Now you're able to specify. You're able to click on, you know, your likes and reactions. You're able to click on photos, you know, your followers, comments, different things like that. So there's a lot of information here that is just compiled for you in one place. And if it's compiled for you, 
is compiled on the Facebook servers. Now, that's not what I really wanted to talk about. I wanted to scroll down because after you look at all that, there is information below that that says information about you. So there's search history. There's information about you. And I would say go into that about you because there are um, you know, things like facial recognition. You can turn it on or turn it off. If you've had that off on, I would suggest turn it off. But the main thing that you want to do that I'm, that I'm going to talk about here in the next few minutes is ads. So when you click on ads, it says ads interest advertisers. Listen to this advertisers who've uploaded a contact list with your information and advertisers you've interacted with. All right. That's crazy. So I'm going to click on ads interests. So when I click that, I get another page that opens up. Now across the top, I have different categories. So there's businesses and industry, news and entertainment, hobbies and activities, travel places and events, people, technology. There is, you do the more button, food and drink, sports and outdoors, education, shopping and fashion, fitness, family and relationships, lifestyle and culture, and other. All right, so when you hover over this, so like if I am looking at, I'm gonna click on, I'm going to click on, well, I'm in business in industry. So for whatever reason, Entrepreneur Magazine shows up. That's one of my interests. Mashable shows up. Simply Safe. And so when you look at the, the information that it says here, it says interests are determined based on your activity on Facebook, such as your engagement with certain pages and ads. So at some point, I clicked on an ad or a link that, connected me to entrepreneur magazine at some point I can you know I clicked on a link that uh, connected me to mashable although I never really go to mashable there was a link that I clicked on there simply safe is on there as well so if you go to any of these and you hover over them um, the cool thing about it is there's an X over it and when you what I thought initially is well this is great. If these, if this is what Facebook thinks my interests are, well, I'm going to go ahead and remove it. And so Facebook won't know what my interests are. The problem is, is that when you go over to the more tab and you do the little drop down, it has another little page that says removed interests. So if I remove something like, for instance, I removed video games because I don't, I've never played video games on Facebook ever, so I don't know how that shows up. But video games showed up, so I removed it. I'm like, okay, good. I'll never see another video game thing, or Facebook knows that you know I don't care about video games. But now it's in my removed interest tab. So isn't that a little scary that you can never truly get rid of it? It's always going to be there for you. Now. Let me go ahead and go down to advertisers and businesses because this one was the one that to me got me just a little upset. It says advertisers and businesses who uploaded a list with your information and advertised to it or advertisers and businesses who have uploaded and shared a list with your information or advertisers and businesses whose website or app you may have used whom you visited, whose ads you clicked, who you've hidden. So when we talk about our email list and those types of things, for whatever it might be, 
then those people will take that email list that you have subscribed to their website and upload it to Facebook. And they're able to then track you on Facebook. So for instance, there are, and I don't know, I don't know why some of these have come up on me, but insurance. I've never purchased from insurance, but I don't, you know, so at some point it says here who's uploaded a list with your information and advertised to it. All right. So they must have acquired some kind of list about me that I needed insurance and they uploaded it here or uh, curb your enthusiasm. I think that's a that's a show. It's a nasty show. I think I watched like 10, 10 minutes of an episode. And I'm like, this is too raunchy. I can't watch this anymore. But they have me here. Um, PetSmart, uh, Hilton Honors, right? Nordstrom at Rack. I've never bought anything from Nordstrom Rack. So I don't know how they got my information. But people can upload their list. I know that that's possible to do. And so that's one of those things that's very frustrating. And I get I get emails from mad people all the time. Like, Todd, I subscribed to your email list. And then I started getting all the spam. And I'm like, that doesn't come from me because I've never sold my email list. I have never done that at all. And I will never upload it to Facebook. So one of the things that would be easy for me, like if I wanted to advertise my exclusive email group, I could send my my whole email list up into Facebook. And then everyone who ever subscribed to me will, your email address will connect with your Facebook account and I'm able to target you if I wanted to. The other thing that you can do on Facebook, and you might not realize this, um, you can get something called a pixel, an advertising pixel, so that you, if you're a website owner, you grab that pixel and you put it on your website. So if people go to your website, people visit PrepperWebsite.com and they're in there and they're hanging out and then they go to Facebook, Facebook has that connection to it. They know that you have visited Prepper Website. Even if you never click the link from Prepper Website or from Facebook to go to Prepper Website, they know that you're linked because of that Facebook pixel. So now if I wanted to advertise to you, I could advertise to you on Facebook as someone who has come over to PrepperWebsite.com. Now, I don't have that Facebook pixel on my on my website or on any of my websites because I don't want to do that. I don't I don't want to give Facebook more information that they're supposed to. Let me talk to you a little bit about email list and a way to to see if your email list is being shared with other people as far as just, you know, with your name. So one of the things that I do is when you're able to give a name and you're subscribing to an email list, well, first of all, I don't use an email address that is my main email address. I use one that I I check regularly, but if it gets compromised, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, okay? So in that name, let's just say I'm going to subscribe to Prepper Website, so I, in my first name, I'm going to do Todd-PW for Prepper Website, or I might even type in uh, Prepper Website as the last name if it gives you that option. So then when you get an email, a lot of the times they'll use your name, right? So it'll say Todd-PW or Todd uh, Prepper Website or whatever, right? So you know that that is coming from Prepper Website. But there have been times when I have done that and I have received an email from another person that said Todd hyphen 
you know, whatever that email was, uh, that the email list that I subscribed to, but I'm getting it from somebody else. So that tells me that they sold my email list or they're borrowing the email list to market to me. So again, whenever you subscribe to an email list, put an identifier of that email list inside of your name somewhere. So Todd hyphen, whatever it is, and then go ahead and subscribe. That way, you know, if your email gets ever, you know, is sold. And again, I guarantee you, I have never done that. And I will never do that because I trust, uh, I want to be able to uh, have the trust of the people that have signed up for me. But again, going back to these advertisers who have uploaded a list about you, if you click off of them, you can go to the little more, uh, the little more um, tab and click on that, and it's people that you have hidden. So for instance, christianbooks.com, they email to me, they send me an email once or twice every single week telling me about a clearance item or a Bible or whatever. And uh, so I had them here as an advertiser who has uploaded a list. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and remove them. So I remove them, but they wind up showing up over on my uh, removed list. So they never get fully removed off of Facebook. It just gets moved to another list. And I think that is scary, scary, scary. So I know that people have deleted their Facebook accounts. I'm not in the camp that believes that you should do that. I believe that you should keep your Facebook, but you just need to stop or be careful about what you're doing. So if you are just keeping up with your family, or whatever, fine. Just look at the pictures and go from there. But understand, like I said, every like, every post, every, you know, every share that you do, every comment is being recorded there on Facebook. And they're not hiding it from you because it's your information. You can see it. You can go in there and you can see the stuff that you have liked. And so it's it's there. The other thing that I know that people have talked about in the past is start doing things that are completely opposite of who you really are. So if you are, for instance, I was going into my interest and my interest showed like gardening and homesteading and uh, you know preparedness and disasters and all those types of things. So what you can do is you can start to, you know, people change over time. People, you know, begin to, to look at different things. So let's just imagine in your head that who you are as a prepper or survivalist or whoever you are, that you're you have all, all of a sudden changed to you like elephants, right? And so all of a sudden you start liking everything that is elephants. And that begins a profile on you. But okay, you're going to be served up elephants on on Facebook. You know, one of the things I, I have clicked on and I have watched videos of MMA fighting. At one point I was into MMA. And so, but now I get served up MMA and boxing and those types of videos all the time now. And so maybe that's one of the things that you do. Maybe if you are not into sports, you start liking sports things and, and you, you know, your, your feed will fill up with those things, but you know that that will be there. And so you start kind of throwing off the Facebook algorithm and the interest that they have about you because you're just putting a bunch of false information in there. If you want to do that, 
I have chosen, like I said, I'm kind of done with Facebook and, and done with uh, Instagram and social media. I still have my Twitter account and I'm still going to, uh, yeah, I still monitor news that way. And every once in a while, I am going to post on Facebook. I am going to share out different links and, and things like that. But for the most part, I am not trying to build big promotions or anything like that on Facebook anymore. I'm just really, really done with all of that. And uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to try to be a little bit more careful about what I do online and make sure that these things are, are not just broadcasting my every little move by some of these things, knowing that you're never going to be completely safe, knowing that you're never going to be able to completely not have any kind of data tracked at all. Uh, you would have to, you know, completely go cashless or I'm sorry, you'd have to go completely uh, cash and, you know, use cash. And that's getting harder and harder to do. You have to not use a, a cell phone or what, you know, whatsoever. Um, you know, you'd have to do a bunch of different things. There's a lot of bills that you can't pay anymore unless you do it online. There's a lot of things that you can't do anymore unless you do it online. So like I said, you're never going to walk this back. It's always there, but you can be careful. You can be, uh, you know, you, you can be smart about what you're doing. Um, I see people sometimes sharing out pictures of guns and firearms and, hey, this is my new Glock that I got for Christmas. Or, you know, I'm at the firing range and I'm doing, you know, the gun range and I'm doing all the, you know, I'm like, oh man, that's just, that's not smart. You know, be careful about what you're, you're, you're posting out there and what you're sharing out there. And that's just my two cents. And again, a, a word of warning, a word of caution, um, be smart while you're out there. I, I know, again, and I keep saying this, there's no way that we can walk this back, but we can be smart about how much information we're putting out there. And maybe you do some things that are purposeful, kind of throwing off, you know, uh, the profiles that are being built uh, about you, like on social media, if you're not going to, you know, get off of it. I know when I created the forums for Prepper website, one of the things people kept telling me is like, Todd, it's not as easy as having an app, you know, you have the Facebook app. And so people love the convenience of that. And, and I just knew I'm like, people are not going to get even preppers are not going to give up their social media, their Facebook, because it's just too easy there. And, and you become programmed, go to a place where people are hanging out and just observe them for a while. You'll see even when people go out to restaurants, it doesn't take very long for them to get on their phone. And it's just we have been programmed to hit Facebook really quick or hit our social media very quick or we got a quick text and we got to answer back, you know. And so there is a dopamine effect that we get from hearing that little bell or the little notification goes off going off on our phones. And so people have become conditioned. That's why when I created the Prepper website, email group. I did it through email and there's just no easy, easier thing to do than do it through email. And somebody sends off a question and man, I'm really happy about some of the conversations that we've had on there here recently. We've been talking about a bunch of different things and you just reply to it. So if I sent out a, an email about, Hey, you know, what kind of food stores would you recommend? And that goes out 
somebody else sees it and they just reply to it. Hey, I use legacy foods or I use, you know, thrive or I, you know, and this is why I use it. And you're able to communicate that way. And I, it's just so easy. And, uh, you know, everybody has email on their phones. And so I just thought that would be a great way for preppers to communicate and stay in touch. So, um, guys, there you go. I hope you are a little, a little freaked out, but at the same time, I want and desire to be a little bit more cautious. Like always, I'm going to link to these articles on the, in the show notes so you can go check it out and you can read them for yourself. Well, guys, that's it for episode 616. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on this episode. Hey, don't forget that we have a lot of great information for you over at PrepperWebsite.com. Not only do we link to 8 to 12 articles every single day, but we also have um, pages that are dedicated to specific things like alternative news, firearms, DIY, homesteading, frugal living, uh, even conspiracy. And just recently, I started the weekly Watchmen up again. It was an, a post that I was putting up on Ed That Matters, but it became very uh, cumbersome because I was putting up a new post every single uh, week and I was linking to all the new videos. And I I guess over the uh, the holidays, I started thinking, well, Todd, what if you just had a static page that you just updated the videos instead of updating a new post every single week? And so that's what I've done. So if you go to the little drop down menu, those of you that are interested in Bible prophecy and current events, um, this is the place to go. So I link to, uh, you know, about six or seven different prophecy teachers and the most updated video is there. So on the little drop down when you go to the right hand top corner and the little drop down where you'll find the alternative news hub, you're also going to find the weekly watchman there. It'll be the bottom one and you can go there and you can watch those videos. Even if you are not a believer, a lot of the times they're talking about current events that you don't see even in the alternative news. And I think it's very interesting. And so even if I wasn't a believer, I would want to get that information because they're talking about things that are happening all over the world that you don't normally hear about it if you're just, you know, in the mainstream media or even alternative news. And so I think it's very, very beneficial out there. And for the believers that are out there, then it speaks a lot to where we are in in uh, this day and age. I'm sure a lot of you look around and say, what the heck is going on? Why is it getting so crazy? And, you know, there's there's a lot of good information pointing to, hey, we are winding down. So those of you who know what I mean, you know what I mean. And so if you are listening to this podcast and this is the very first time, or maybe you've never subscribed, you just hit the subscribe button in your podcast catcher. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. We do this every single week. Hey, and I'd love for you to take a moment to connect with me. Like I said, I have all the social medias. In fact, two people tried to um, friend me today on Facebook and I accepted their friend request but I'm not going to be on Facebook anymore. The way you can connect with me for sure is through email. So I have a link in the show notes where you can join the Prepper website email list. When you do that, you're going to get an email with a lot of great information, but I'm also going to send you a free PDF of 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. 
Now, some of these articles, some of these posts, you can't even find them on the internet anymore. But because I had the links to them, because of my archives, I was able to still bring them up and you still have access to them. So you get that free download when you subscribe to the email list. And again, you have my word that I will never sell that uh, to anybody. I will never give your information away. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware and have a happy new year.